0: Hi, everybody. This is Cloud and Clear. I'm Miles Ward. I'm CTO here at SADA, and I am I am super, super excited for a conversation with uh, one of our long-term customers. SADA has been growing a lot. We have a lot of interesting things going on across different customers and different categories, but uh, always a, a great time for us to celebrate the long-term partners of ours who've worked together with us. Uh, Anoop Tripathi, who's, who's been with us since 2018, I really want to thank you for being a great customer and a a great partner of ours. Uh, Today's conversation is going to unpack, you know, how automation anywhere has gotten, not to anywhere, but to right here, where we are together in 2021, trying to help businesses be successful. Anup, maybe you can give an introduction to folks and uh, help them understand how you got here.
1: Well, thank you, Miles, and thanks for having me here. Good to see you again. Nice to see you. Yeah, so for me, it's it's been a long journey. Uh, if I look back, it's been about 27 years now since I started my career. Uh, I started as a software engineer in a telecom uh, company in India called CDOT. And uh, we used to make uh, telephone exchanges. Uh, that was the days before the voice or IP world was there, right? So uh, it kind of shows my age or my <laughs> history out there. Uh, But uh, from there, uh, I always wanted to do something in the space of robotics. And uh, one day I saw an advertisement in the local newspaper about a company called US Robotics. And I was so excited about it. I said, you know, this is my passion. This is where I want to be. Let me apply. I applied and lucky me, they called me for an interview, went through the whole interview process. And uh, when it came for them to put the opportunity for me to ask questions. said, what's your question? And I was like, just waiting for that question to be asked to me, because I wanted to hear about all the cool robots that they were building. And I asked them, so, yeah, so tell me about what do you make? You make modems. I said, what? (laughs) So it was a company called used robotics, but they used to make modems. But anyways, we talked about it and how the internet revolution was. I have a USR modem.
0: I'm right there (laughs) with you. I was like, I think I know that company.
1: So, uh, yeah, well, that's the time when the revolution, was very exciting journey. And then since it was a good, uh, I I would say, an adjacent feat for me, uh, where I could learn some new things, uh, because it still required the telecom interfaces coming into these modems those days, right? So, uh, but uh, I was not working on the modems, I was working on the server side, the access concentrators, where all the modem banks are there as such and connecting you to the big internet out there. Uh, from there on uh, stayed actually in uh, So US Robotics when I joined that was pretty much the time around when the merger slash acquisition by 3Com happened of uh, US Robotics. Uh, so became part of 3Com and I stayed there for good about uh, almost uh, uh, 10 plus years out there. So. Yeah. And uh, so did work various works in different fields, uh, went through the transformation of voice or IP. Uh, That part of the journey when I was an architect out there was uh, a key innovation phase for me, most of my patents date back to that period of time. And uh, then uh, I moved to a different company called Westel, uh, which was later acquired by Netgear. And that's how I moved from Chicago to Bay Area, and, and now I'm in Bay Area for almost last nine years now. And uh, from Netgear to Citrix, uh, Citrix where I was more working on the, on the, the secure access gateways, uh, took them through a cloud transformation journey. And that's where my, uh, I would say, uh, in, interaction and love for the cloud started at Citrix really. Uh, and then while I was at Citrix uh, uh, Automation and you approached me, and uh, when I looked into this, I said, okay, finally, I do get to do something where there is an automation and even if it's a software robot, a bot involved, right? So in some sense, it's coming off after so many years in the technology that I wanted to work with. But the thing that brought me here was the, the cloud transformation that automation and wanted to go through. Uh, so in short, that's my journey of uh, how I started my career and in the field of software. And, and now I'm here at Automation Anywhere uh, where I lead the software, engineering for, uh, some of the key product lines, the new growth product lines and the cloud.
0: Perfect. Perfect. I mean, I think that that trajectory and the, you know, the amount of exposure to networking and network complexity and, and, and all of that, I mean, it, it, I imagine it has to make cloud feel uh, incredibly sophisticated, right? You you get for free almost this just unbelievable level of networking capability that's built into the platforms. You're like, wait a minute, I, I don't pay for any of the network cards. I don't, I don't pay for any of the switches or any of the routers or any of it. Do you just sort of get it for free. Like it's such an, like I spent so much time fighting with networking. That was always the part of cloud that was just mis- like, what do you mean? I don't pay for that part. Like that's an incredible thing. Like, what was your first experiences with cloud?
1: I, it's it's interesting you ask that question. So this is a a journey that I have gone through because I've changed the uh, the the industry or the technology domain quite a few times. So when I first, for example, when I moved from C dot to uh, US Robotics slash three com, uh, there we were working with a very tight amount of memory and and storage, right? So it was always about hey add this new feature, and then. The answer would be sure, I can add this feature, but what do you want me to take off? Because that's the only amount that can fit on the memory card out there, nothing more than that, right? So when I came to use robotics, I felt, you know, so I don't have to worry about the amount of software that I can put in. But still, it was an embedded system. The next journey was moving towards more and using. Uh, Solaris and and Linux based platforms in those days. And that's when I realized, you know, I don't have to worry about memory anymore, like you do have to worry, but not as much, you don't have to do bit packing of software. So similarly, when a cloud came like the all the networking complexity, as you said, right, you don't have to worry about all the protocols, whether it's uh, uh, it's uh, IPv4 versus v6 kind of stuff. Whether it's BGP, IGMP, right? Anything like all the networking, how the, the connectivity is, the QoS, all those the VLANs, those things are just kind of, in some sense, disappear under you. So yeah, it makes it much easier to innovate and move faster, and rather focus on the core of what you're trying to do and, and innovate. So that's that's a big plus that you get from the cloud. Very true. Yeah, you're right on there.
0: So. So, you know, it's interesting that you, you know, you tied, you know, an urge to work with robots ends up meaning you're, you're working in things that say robotic in them over and over again. But there's, but there's, there's certainly that automation component. And I I know for me, you know, cloud was, uh, was this place where finally a bunch of the stuff that I had done manually, you could just write a couple scripts and it would get done automatically. That, that, that sounds a lot like robotic process automation, for, for folks that aren't familiar maybe with that that term or, or that market, maybe you can explain uh, what RPA is and how Automation Anywhere plays in that.
1: Yeah, of course, thank you. So robotic process automation is, uh, um, anything that you think can be done is repeated and uh, it requires uh, less, I would say higher intelligence to operate even though with artificial intelligence, we are changing the game quite more, but that's what typically is a robotic work, right? If you have to keep doing same thing over and over again, you, you use the term saying, hey, this is like a robotic piece of work that I'm doing. Now, uh, with the technology and the computers coming in, we moved a lot of stuff out from the manual work onto the technology. But we still have people chained to decks doing the same thing over and over again, right? Whether it's invoice processing, whether it's a claim processing, and some of it it doesn't even require much intelligence to do those work. It's more repetitive. Okay, take this document that comes in, look at the data in this document, take put it into part of it in SAP, part of it in Salesforce, see what the final output looks like from Workday. Write an email back to the customer or send a response back on the chat message, right? Uh, some of those things, they are in some sense, those are the things that we call them as robotic processes. Uh, the process that a robot could potentially do them, a software robot, right? a software bot as such. And then what we do is we help provide a platform on which you can automate those processes, so uh, humans can go doing the what they're best at is at innovating, at dealing with the emotional uh, aspects of the job, and. Uh, at the end, they have a far more fulfilling life, right? So uh, to go back and see, no, I did not go there. And I was just dragging and dropping a file from here and doing some data entry. So it just uh, creates more room for innovation. That's what at uh, a nutshell uh, from a layman's term, what a robotic process automation is. Now, when you start peeling the onion, obviously it gets more and more complex because of the different environments that you have to work with and uh, different technology platforms and different use cases that you have to work with.
0: Yeah, I uh, I was unfamiliar with it and, and got brought in by some teams at Amazon who were using RPA for some of their kind of document processing. And it, it kind of, uh, you know, pretty quickly, I was kind of going like, oh, okay, cloud is RPA for IT departments, right? Like, <laughs> I want a computer, I issue a command and voila, a computer sort of pops out of the middle of nowhere and, 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 and is ready to use but you said that you help with this. I, uh, I think you guys got ranked as the leader in the magic quadrant. It sounds like you're sort of past helping. Like, it sounds like you've got a pretty solid solution. You want, you, you know, help help me understand like, what, what were the big ingredients in, in you being named a leader? What, what do you think stands out in your approach to this work?
1: Uh, so, yeah, so our approach has been to make us the leader is we are cloud native. That's number one, right? So we are the only cloud native platform in the market. And we are, what what that means is we have not taken an on-prem product. This, this industry has been around for a little bit of a time now. So it started journey uh, for uh, the established players on the on-prem solution. So we took the uh, time and I would say uh, the, the put the effort and resources to making our completely redoing our platform to make it cloud native, and so that that has paid off because it makes it much faster for for us to innovate and passes on those benefits to our customers as well. So it's we so we we for example our platform allows covers two x more processes than anybody else for automation. So the more processes that you can automate, obviously, you will be a better platform, right? So two times more the processes. We are one fifth cheaper than traditional infrastructure that you can host and put a legacy platforms in the cloud now that is again because of our cloud native platform right if we were not taking a cloud native platform approach we could have just maybe save them the cost of the the labor that is there to maintain the platform right more like becoming a managed services in that sense no but we are a clue, true native and that's what gave us there and and we are uh, uh, three times uh, faster as well in automating things, right? So those are the three things that really make us stand out in this market, right? So. (laughs) That is a a pretty complete value proposition. We we cost less, we do this
0: faster, and we can do it on more things. Like, I don't know, that sounds pretty good. Uh, (laughs) Nice work. What's, like, you know, uh, you, is the big goal to get to quadruple as fast, or to be a tenth the cost? Like, what, what are, what's the big lever you're trying to move to to take the next tier of growth?
1: So yeah, so the I think uh, the way we saw it is that we started our journey, and and I always say automation has two dimensions of the problem, right? One is uh, about uh, what kind of a logic that you're working with, and what kind of data that you're working with, or our processes, right. So data could be structured data, or semi structured data or unstructured data. And uh, we first started with we, we first started with structured data, the stuff that resides in Workday, Salesforce, Excel spreadsheets, right? um, uh, in databases, that's that's more structured data for you. And then uh, semi-structured could be invoices, uh, some documents that have that kind. Then unstructured is where speech and, and emails and text and all those things come into play. Uh, and similarly, about on the the rules that are there, you could have defined rules and well-defined rules or fuzzy logic in decision-making process of when how to move forward. So we started a journey with uh, uh, structured data and then defined set of rules, and now we have gone into semi-structured data, and now we are taking it into unstructured data. So that's how uh, we are trying to, uh, the, the 2X processes, we want to make sure it's not about 2X processes, we want to pretty much see whatever processes are available, uh, we want to have a footprint on almost all processes that can be automated. And even if they can be partially automated, and I'll talk about that next as well. Uh, the, from a logic perspective, we are getting more and more into helping make, uh, more fuzzy decisions that can be, as opposed to well-defined decisions about, hey, um, how much should I give back on a, on a claim request that came in? Right, and, and as a human agent, if you're dealing with it, you may, through the conversation and looking at the data, may may pick up a number that's randomly between $300, $500 as a reimbursement, and then you play around with it, as opposed to a fixed logic. So those are kind of things that we, we are now growing in those directions. The other thing is human bot collaboration is another new space for us that uh, we, we have a product called AARI. And, and that is really uh, uh, making big noise in the industry. It's a automation and even robotic interface. Uh, that's where the belief comes into that there is no uh, process or, or the complex processes cannot be done by bots alone, or by humans alone. So it, it creates a good workflow orchestration system and a notification system for um, humans and bots to coexist together. Um, the next area where we are going into is the discovering of the processes. We are automated process discovery, because uh, you typically are able to get the initial taste of success by automating a known process. But the reality is in the well-documented process industry, about 90% of the documents or the processes are not documented, surprisingly. Even the people who say, oh, our our system is well-documented. And that's a well-proven study. So this, we are building a tool that helps you automate the discovery of processes in your organization.
0: I think that's, I think that's really smart. But there's, there's plenty of places that we're watching where, uh, you know, and I forget the name of the, uh, you know, there's a Russian artificial intelligence researcher and his, his comment was you know, basically like, if it's hard for people to do a thing, if we find it mentally taxing, if it's complex, we're probably going to be able to make that really straightforward for computers to handle. And if it's easy for a person to do a thing forget it. You've got a billion years of biology baked in and it's going to be very, very difficult to get computers to do those tasks. So, uh, you know, that we have this clear spot where they're good at some stuff, they never forget pieces, they can do things on lookup, you know, it's very easy for them to count a billion items in a list uh, in ways that people would struggle with. It's, it's I think, a better hybrid than, <laughs> than some of the other kinds of hybrids we've been building with networking and, and connection between different places. This is a spot where you really get I think you know one plus one equals two in a bunch of cases and that's that's the story i think uh you know that that we're seeing you know in the new partnership between automation anywhere and google cloud can you can you talk to us a little about how what you're doing in rpa was attractive to the googlers and and what connection made sense there
1: uh so google cloud uh, the gcp what we call so we call internally gcp right so google cloud platform uh, uh, Google Cloud and uh, Automation Anywhere, I would say are natural partners in this space. And and what we found is we have a lot of complementary technologies that we can take advantage of. Right? Our entire cloud platform is uh, built on Kubernetes containers uh, and uh, Google is a leader in the Kubernetes space, right? So that itself gives us a good partnership place to go ahead and do it. Our, our platform uh, requires things to be somewhat a little bit hybrid because there is a certain amount of data that customers feel more need to secure in their own environments as opposed to moving it to a SaaS service. So creating those hybrid environments, Google has services like Anthos in that space that help us. Uh, I was alluding to a little bit about moving towards more and more unstructured data, as well as fuzzy logic. Uh, uh, Google has a lot of good assets in AI space, right? So that becomes a, a good partner for us. Uh, and the idea where uh, RPA by nature of it, RPA is, is more used. Sometimes people say, well, if I have to automate. Why can't I write some scripts and automate something? In so the power of automation comes when you're working with multiple systems, and multiple different platforms. I'm trying to do work in different platforms. If you're just doing work in Salesforce, you're doing work just in Workday, I'm sure you can find better ways to automate if you're in a single application. So when you're working with multiple applications, you, you need to have partnerships and solutions and API interfaces. So solutions like Apigee from, from the GCP platform also become very natural play for us. Uh, the low code, no code space, uh, again, is a good idea for us to collaborate with Google AppSheet in that space. So so those are areas where we see a lot of synergy between what Google has and what we have bring in. Uh, our expertise in, in the depth in the automation in the RPA space is something that helps google go out there and and brings in those values to them i won't speak too much for their side of the value because they would obviously have a better handle of it but we saw a lot of good value in that partnership and, and i i'm sure google saw it same way so it, and and the people right the most important thing is people in the partnership yeah so, yeah well, so I, I i would totally agree
0: with that as as one of the people that pushed really hard on partner systems generally on the google side and as the as the one who is in charge of the solution work, so many of the, it's one thing when you're describing solutions from a product centered worldview, where it's more about how do you plug these three things together to do something useful. But when you go talk to customers about what, what represents a solution in their view, it is typically much broader than that. And, and often has a requirement for interaction with these sort of more analog parts of the real world. And so places where, uh, you know, Automation Anywhere's approach to RPA can be a really important uh, component of a bigger actual business problem solution as opposed to some sort of technical architecture. And and that, uh, we've been experimenting a lot with AppSheet. I, I think AppSheet's a great call out there. We got, you know, our, we spent a lot of time with Apigee as well. Uh, and there's a lot of spots where you can imagine these, you know, these workflows of, you know, incoming unstructured stuff, becoming more structured landing into apps that make it simpler for human operators to interact with, that gives you even more data that takes the next set of sequence steps to complete whatever sort of business workflow is going on. I think, uh, you know, if you look at how much of the work at our average customers in the day to day has this sort of repetitive component, right? I mean. Uh, you know, we're all just sort of hauling through trying to figure out how to get more and more of their work addressable by these kinds of systems. So it's great great to hear that you're thinking about uh, the connection. Now, for for automation anywhere, right, like your your path to solution you described as kind of cloud native and, uh, you know, and you're building new features and capabilities as a result of having access to, you know, a remote process automated physical infrastructure um, can you talk about kind of some of those pieces that have been built lately like uh, i think there's a you know a couple of different tools that you've been working on that are that are standing on top of that cloud native infrastructure
1: uh yes yeah, we use a lot of past services actually and sada systems has been in good in helping us build a lot of those for us as well or, or consult on those so we, we use like cdn the cloud cdn from google uh, we use the cloud load balancers. We don't have to worry about putting in an F5 or a Netscaler. I, I used to work on Netscaler, so I know the complexities of Netscaler. I there too, right? so, uh, like I so know we, how to put
0: one in there, but I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the the key management system, that's there from Google, the, the um, memory stores, the secrets manager, the Cloud SQL, the file store, um, uh, the Cloud Armor, all, all those things. We We container registries. You name it, we we use as many fast services as possible because if you don't walk the talk, then there is no point in doing it because when we are building a solution for our customers, we are saying, you don't have to build things. We will build and give you so that you can focus on your specialist work areas. Similarly, we don't want to be building things that are not part of our core. We would rather try to use as many of those components. And, and that's how we are a cloud native and a very fast innovating company. Uh, Our cloud operations team is pretty small and nimble because of that Uh, and uh, we run it in so many geos across the world
0: Yeah, yeah I think especially for distributed teams, which are so much more popular now as a result of of the pandemic You know being able to have this big central pre-deployed, you know Highly managed system, you know, I think can unlock a lot of productivity for folks. You you said You know, you've you've gotten advice and guidance and input from SADA, uh, you know, and you've been, and again, appreciate you being a customer since 2018. Like, what, can you talk to any interactions or specific spots where we've helped out or or places where we've made a difference?
1: Uh, I think the biggest thing is the technology depth that the SADA team carries so uh, it's always the devil is always in the details right when you look at a different service and say oh yeah this service can meet my needs okay I can go on and enable this feature but when you start going into details and finding out well if this option is enabled on on the load balancer and if you enable this on the CDN then it doesn't work but this is sort of what I need it to work so that's when we be- and and those are kind of issues that are very tricky. And, and that's where the help that we got from Sata Systems has been tremendous because we were working on, on, on tight deadlines, right? We both, uh, the Google team and us were trying to be very aggressive to create proof of concepts, uh, create uh, solutions that our custom, joint customers can start to uh, now experience and then buy those solutions as well, right? So the deadlines were very tight for us, and uh, having a knowledgeable partner like and responsive partner like Celer Systems in in the mix was very helpful uh, because uh, that's how we could unblock ourselves without always going and leaning on the GCP team to get help. The GCP team was there in, in behind ready to help us as and when needed, but. Uh, we also wanted to make sure the solution is a long-term sustainable solution, and that's where Seller system came in, it was very helpful.
0: Yeah, it can be, you know, uh, we're we're very, very lucky and, and happy about the, the incredible performance of all of our customers. But, you know, I think it's a big part of the value proposition that we bring to those customers that we have so many of them to learn from. Right, it, you know, it's one thing. To you know, I was there, I worked at Google for a long time and and I, I, you know, had more access to the engineering teams that were building the products. And so I could explain to customers why they made the choices they did or you know, what the actual behavior of the product was from a design standpoint. But that's very different than having done several hundred deployments of it and and seen it in practice with customers to know what to expect and what the real service levels look like in in situ and you know how how to tell whether something is uh you know is trending in the wrong direction that kind of operational experience is is, is very powerful so i appreciate that that you like that feedback there's you know i think there's also a lot where you know in these kinds of three-way partnerships where you have a great relationship going with the google teams you know being able to have sada to come alongside with that, you know, in, in joint go to market and uh, you know, helping address the needs of the sort of nuanced verticals to use your product. I think there's gonna be some fun demos and, and other kinds of building blocks we can do to help explain how this broader set of tools works together uh, in a more seamless way to solve those big business customer challenges. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that.
1: Yeah. The other thing was the architectural design help was also very, very crucial to making the right technology choices. And that's where the help from Sada Systems was uh, uh, also very much appreciated by us.
0: That's that is super good to hear as a uh, as the
1: architect guy,
0: right? Like, uh, you know, if, if there's anything we should be doing correctly, hopefully it's that part. Uh, but but good to hear that. Good to hear that it worked the way that it it was. I think one of the things that can make that really difficult and and a big benefit to having somebody along the ride like us to to give that guidance is it would be one thing if uh, if you know GCP was on version three and they had shipped it and you're deciding to use version three. And so I can tell you all the things about that version, but there are 400 different products and they're gonna release a new one every other day forever. So <laughs> there is no version, right? And the, the guidance is gonna evolve as new capabilities come to market. I mean, you, you said Cloud SQL as one of the building blocks in your platform. And I think that's, that's probably a really wise choice, uh, but it's last week that they just updated the price point for spanner and now you can run on nodes one tenth the size, all of a sudden that becomes much more viable for a big class of workloads. Like you may, you, we may be having a talk about your relational database storage here in the, in your next QBR conversation. Cause there's, there's some, some pretty incredible things that are happening in that market too. So, um, so I appreciate, appreciate the positive feedback. Any, any stuff you want to leave our audience with, guidance, advice about uh, you know how to take on cloud native or uh, spots where they can uh, think of using automation anywhere in their next solution?
1: Yeah, so on the cloud native, uh, few few things that I always say is uh, design cost into your solution from day one, otherwise it can surprise you. Uh, because it's it's a metered system, you uh, just like at house, you can forget to leave the electricity on and you can incur bills. So you have to design the product the right way from a cost perspective. And the other thing is cloud is a very fast changing and evolving technology. So you need to have a good set of architects whose focus is to be keeping an eye out for the changing landscape and how to keep your architecture evergreen. And, and the time cycles are very compressed in the cloud, right? Things that may not exist today two weeks later, it may be available as a service and you should be thinking about how do I change and, and adopt those and, and or maybe announcement. As you said, just an announcement came and now you can run on one tenth the size of a node out there for a Cloud SQL. So those kind of things keep coming. And if you if you're not careful, you're not taking advantage, you will very soon become an obsolete platform, even though you think you're in cloud. So so that's something I would say for anybody who's trying to go cloud native, right? So take a good partner along who has been there and done those things a few times, because they, they help you uh, at least not make the mis- the rookie mistakes, if nothing else, right? So so that's something from a cloud native. From an automation perspective, I would say if, as an organization, you are not embracing an RPA, then RPA is uh, no longer a want. It's a need of the hour, right? If you want to stay relevant in your own industry or you want to go ahead in your own industry, RPA is, uh, a, I would say, a supporting or, or a key supporting block for you to to run on. So please do take a look at it. The technology is mature to a point where it's so useful, uh, especially with, uh, with the bringing in the AI mix into the AI plus RPA. That really has changed the game a lot. So, so RT is something that should be on every IT uh, uh, systems uh, radar to incorporate or to broaden its reach in the organization.
0: Got it. Got it. Anoop, I really appreciate the conversation and the positive feedback. And you know, I know our audience is going to be really interested uh, in reaching out. Any any spots they should go to, like your website, is there a good spot to follow you on social, any, any spots where they can track along with your, your journey?
1: Oh yeah, so we have a nice community edition that is available on automationanywhere.com. On the very front page, you'll see about it. Go to www.automationanywhere.com and sign up for a community edition. It's free. You can play with it. You can understand the benefits. And there's a lot of free courses on automation, which are some of them are obviously a product specific, but a lot of them are purely business centric and, and uh, product agnostic courses to make you understand about the business benefits and the needs and the use cases for RPA. So take advantage of those and and, and embrace this journey and get along with it, right? This is uh, where we want everybody to be and where everybody should be. So uh, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody who's watching this uh, course to at least sign up on the community edition and try out the platform.
0: I like it. I think think that counts for me too. I think I should go fill that form out. I got some processes we should robotically automate. I have evil, evil ideas. All right, Anu, thank you so much. Everybody, thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Talk soon.
1: Thank you for having me. Bye now.
0: Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.